Hey feminist friends, and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. My name is Jo and I'm joined today by a fabulous co-host, Amon. Hey! We're going to discuss Stardust today. That was a lot of... We're going to discuss Stardust today. <laughs> um, but before we do, Amon and I were just chatting about how each other are. But I have a fun update for any Lego fans. Just before I came on to record this podcast, I went into my flatmate's room, found a new Lego set ready built. I was like, uh, excuse me, (laughs) what is this? This is new. He had bought the Lego version of the Home Alone house. Oh, wow. It's so cool. It's got, so it looks like the house and it's got a van for Harry and Marv. And it's got a tree house where Kevin, um, I can't think of what it's called, abseils mm-hmm. from the window to the tree house. It's got like a little little rope there in between and it's got the thingy on it. And then the whole house, like each part opens up the, the loft where Kevin sleeps and then each floor and it's got all the little trick bits. It's got the basement. I was, I was like, oh my God, Lee's waiting for the podcast to show me everything. It's even got the little iron that falls down on Marv's face. And Marv's figurine has the iron-shaped mark on his head. And as um, this is coming out a few days before, well, not long before December, what a great December-y mm. Lego set. Apparently, when Joe bought it, he was told, oh, it comes in 24 bags, so you can do it like an advent calendar. And Joe was like, no, I'm building that right now, in wow. one day. Oh, he did that? He built all of that? Yes, it's all built, yeah. Oh, Wow. That, yeah. that does sound incredible. It's really wonderful. I was so excited when I went into his room. And I was like, this is new. What is it? How long did it take your flatmate to put it all together? When he bought it two days ago. So I don't know, but not long. Wow. It's not one of the biggest. It's like, it's, it's a decent size, but it's yeah. not huge. I wonder how many pieces it is. I don't know. I should have found out more information. I was just so excited by the house and all the little figurines and it's got the mum um, I don't remember seeing Kevin though I think I was so excited about everything else I didn't think to ask where Kevin was I'm alone clearly yeah that's my tiny update in my life oh, There's wow. no Lego. so I suppose for me I celebrated my one year with my boyfriend because we met in lockdown and he did the most sweetest thing. So for anyone that's listening, you obviously can't see him. You don't know what he looks like, but he looks a bit like Naboo from the Mighty Boosh. And there's a, on our first date, we went to an art gallery and there was a picture of a moon, which looks like the moon from Mighty Boosh, you know, with the face in it. And so I just commented on it and that's where he told me his nickname and I've called him Naboo ever since. But he went back and he's bought that painting as present. For, yeah our first year which I thought was so so sweet so yeah I just need to very thoughtful it is isn't it good yeah. memory as well yeah it is I have a feeling that I might have told him to do it but I can't remember <laughs> you're like what would you mean really nice present is but he's claiming that I, I didn't but I'm sure I did <laughs> okay um so stardust which um i'm really excited to talk about because i don't know when i last saw it a really long time ago and i remember loving it when it came out which was 2007 it was directed by matthew vaughan who i was delighted to learn also directed kingsman kick-ass first class the x-men film and layer cake 
Bard is a bit random for him, isn't it, really? It is a little bit, yeah. I wonder if, because it's a Neil Gaiman book, which I only realised yesterday. Yeah. So I was reading some of the trivia and I think Neil Gaiman felt like he was quite a genuine person and wanted him to do it. Oh, okay. So there was a lady called Jane Goldman on the screenplay and one of the co-producers was Chantelle Figali, who... I think was also worked on things like layer cake as well it looked like a lot of the team had worked on a lot of the films with him together which i may be wrong but i feel like speaks fairly well of him and his character he must be quite he must be all right to work for if they're like yeah we'll work on these films with you because there's a couple of actors as well weren't there that are in the film that like are in layer cake so you know the i haven't seen layer cake oh you haven't seen it so um you know the on the pirate ship with robert de niro there's that guy that um that little guy is that the guy who's like his second mate or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like he's from Layer Cake. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I did not know that at all. Speaking of pirates, the only intersectional character that we have to talk about is a pirate who is not named. Everyone else in this film is white. Well, I didn't know whether Robert De Niro being camp slash gay. Yeah, that's true. Um, we'll definitely have to talk gay. about him. Yeah. Because my feelings about that. A mixed. My feelings around his character are very complicated. Captain Shakespeare. I guess before I list, we have a lot of female characters to talk about though, which is nice. But oh god, I hate describing films. Okay, so Stardust is a film about these two worlds that sort of live alongside each other, but the human world doesn't know about this magical realm. And one day a man manages to cross the wall, he somehow entices this beautiful woman into having sex with him, and then eight months later. A boy turns up at his door, or baby, should I say, who then grows up and decides he's going to cross the wall just as his father did. And he's going to go and capture a fallen star and bring it back to his love. And it turns out the fallen star is an actual person. And they fall in love while he's traveling to bring her back to his love. I think that sums it up quite well. The end. Oh, and while it's happening, there is the the kingdom. Oh, God, let's try and do this in a more succinct way than otherwise the whole hour is going to be me trying to describe the film. So whilst that's all going on, um, the king is dying and has decided he's going to give his kingdom to one of his sons. And in order to decide who's going to rule, they have to turn a jewel into a ruby I think whoever first gets it and restores the stone and then also there are these witches who want to capture the fallen star because it will bring back their youth so there's there's lots there's lots of threads I feel like in the film lots of things going on and on that note um so Tristan's our hero our male protagonist and he wants to rescue the falling star for his love Victoria who's a bit of a twat in the in the film yeah. um, and when he finds the falling star he discovers lamp is it no no he discovers Yvain so Yvain's the falling star and then we have Lamia who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer um, she's one of the evil witches and her sisters we've got Empusa Mormo <laughs> can't read my writing anyway there are three evil witches and then we have Una who's Tristan's mum who his father had gone over the wall and slept with and we have Ditchwater Sal, who is a witch who's captured Una and is keeping her as her slave. And, oh, I didn't write down whether it passed the female Bechdel test or not. Oh, I think it did because yeah. there's conversations between Michelle Pfeiffer and Claire Danes, isn't there? Yeah. Which I've got nothing to, and all the, also the witches themselves, the sisters, 
Yeah, like whenever they're talking about rest, like getting the falling star, they're talking about a woman. Yeah. And even there's one, I don't know why this bit's come into my head, but when Una is protecting Yvain from Sal, when, oh no, not Sal, sorry. When Una's protecting Yvain from um, Lamia, mm. that's three women talking to each other yeah. about not a man. Yeah, yeah. So I, it did well on the Bexel test, actually. Yeah, it did. I, I'm really bad at remembering that. I think because I wrote down intersectional Beckdale, no. <laughs> there isn't even one named character who's not white. Does that sentence make sense? Yeah. Okay. There's not even one character that's not white. Yes. No. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How did you feel watching this again? I'm assuming for you it's also been a while since you've seen it. Well, I didn't realise it was as old as it was, 2007. Yeah. And I, then, I, then I was thinking about how old I was when I first watched it. So, yeah, I was like early 20s when I first watched it and I loved mm. it. But now watching it back again, it's a really nice film to watch. Like it's a really easy film to watch. But everyone, yeah, is so white. Yeah. And... In some ways, some of the characters are strong, like Michelle Pfeiffer is feisty. Mm. Claire Danes is actually really feisty. Like her, for someone who's a fallen star, she's not a wet blanket at all. No. Uh, but there's so much misogynistic behaviour. Oh, my God. I um, really want to read the book because I'm curious as to how much of this is in the book. Like that guy, that guy, that the kid, uh, what's his name? Um, the boy. Tristan. Yeah. Oh, he's a twat. Yeah, of course. Because this came out, so I've worked out I was 15. So I was right in that stage of like being obsessed with boys, being really interested in romance. And I think I thought it was beautiful. And then watching it now, I was like, Tristan's a real knob. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Claire Danes had to be feisty because otherwise he would have just walked all over her. Yeah. And like he was so demanding. Like, and he, how he like grabbed that, you know, the chain that binds them. And then Mm. like he binds it to the tree. Like, Oh, like, like, fuck off already, you know, like... And given that his dad had just said, oh, this is the chain that is imprisoning your mother, yeah, and then he was yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to imprison this woman then. And, like, Yvain does say at some point in the film, like, nothing's as romance like the gift of a kidnapped, injured woman. Exactly, yeah. Like, yes, Yvain, this guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's, um, an, yeah, stupid. I was a bit shocked because I hadn't really... I just hadn't picked up on that before as a as a kid. I think I just really fancied him. Oh, now no. I'm like, oh, I don't like Charlie Cox in this at all. He's awful. Not the actor, but the character is horrible. And also, like, and he's doing all this for Victoria. He's a twat. He's well, such a knob. Yeah. I've actually written here, she is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> She's so annoying. And she obviously, so in the film, Victoria has a love interest called Humphrey, who's played by Henry Cavill, which is fucking weird. Oh my God, I didn't even like recognise him. I mean, I didn't realise also that um, Tristan's dad, his younger version is Ben Barnes. Who's Ben Barnes? Ben Barnes is in um, Westworld. He was in oh. like, Prince Caspian. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, didn't re- yeah. Um, he's in uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Oh yeah, that kind of stuff. Oh, and I was like, oh my god, it's it was it was so weird. There were lots of like young, there were lots of random actors in this film. I was like, oh my it's god, like, yeah, this person. Yeah, like Rupert yeah. Everett's in it. Yeah, David Williams is in it. Yeah. Oh, which one was he? He's one of the dead 
Brothers. Oh, I definitely didn't recognise him. No. Oh, there's a guy who's on a podcast that everyone really likes. I can't think of his name. Adam, maybe? Oh, Adam Buxton? Yeah, I think he was in it. Oh, right. One of the dead ghosts. Anyway, there were so many random people. I forgot that Ricky Gervais is in it. The lady from Corrie's in it. Who's the lady from Corrie? You know, the witch. The the one that has... Uh, Sal. Uh, yeah, oh, is that her name? The one that's got um, Tristan's mum trapped. Yeah, Sal. Yeah, she's from Corrie. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea. And then I think it's... Oh, anyway, this doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, so Victoria tells Tristan that she's planning to accept Humphrey's marriage proposal, but yet she still goes out in the middle of the night on a like a romantic picnic date with Tristan and tells him that Humphrey's going all the way to Ipswich to buy her a ring and then agrees that if Tristan can bring back this star before her birthday, she'll marry him. I was like, this... And she got him fired from his job. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, he was an idiot. Oh, yeah, hugely. I, I didn't realise he was only 18 either. I wonder what's happening for someone that's only 18. Yeah, I know. And again, I think when I watched it, maybe because for me, 18, it was older. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's grown up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, 18. This yeah. guy's an idiot. But they do say that at the beginning, don't they? Like, this is the film where, like, he is a child and then he becomes a man. Yeah. It's just a shame that he has to become a man by kidnapping a woman douchey male behavior yeah hugely and he can't even get her name right i wrote down i can't remember i think he was calling her yvonne or something she was like it's your name <laughs> i was like yeah tristan jesus if you're gonna kidnap her bah. there was something else i feel like with him that i wrote down that i was like what is he so when he uses the last of that magic candle mm. to save them from lamia and he says to Yvonne, think of home yeah. And then they end up like halfway between his home and her home. And then he calls her a stupid cow. Why yes. My home? Yes. I, I wrote that down. It's like, that's really harsh. It is so harsh. Because she was like, well, why? You should be more specific. And he was like, oh, sorry. I didn't give you more specific instructions. We're about to die. And I was like, no. Why would she? You're not yeah. the, the most important person in the world. Why would she, anyone think, oh, he means his home? He really talks down to her. He has no respect for her at all. I don't know how she fell in love with this dick. No, I don't either. There must have been something going on in that montage on the pirate ship where he's learning to fight and she's learning to dance. Oh, God. It was disappointing in itself. And then even at the end where he's realised, oh, yeah, no, it's Yvain that I love. And then presumably they have sex. And then in the morning he gets up and leaves her on her own and just entrusts he speaks to this whoever it is innkeepers like can you tell your vein i've gone to tell victoria that i found the one that i love so why uh, firstly you know that the prince the prince he wants the fucking necklaces after her you know that those witches are after her and you're just gonna leave her on her yeah own. he's really selfish yeah and why are you even going why would you go and tell victoria or oh, by the way I don't, I don't love, love you, you anymore. Yeah, so, yeah. But here's your star. But here's your star that I wanted to... Or, he cut her hair. He cut her hair for someone else. Like, oh, she was asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if, like, either Tom or Lee, while we were asleep, cut a lock of our hair, turned oh, up at their ex's house, and we're like... I'd be fucking mad. <laughs> well, also, like, the ex would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, my... It would be horrifying. Like... 
a cutting my hair is weird but also why do you feel the need to tell this person you don't love them anymore oh my god I know it's so, so odd isn't weird. it so weird and like I really felt for her when she woke up and was like Tristan's not there and then obviously because it's a film the message that was relayed to her is basically he's gone to Victoria because she's the one that he loves and she's obviously then heartbroken but it's you like pissed off anyway whether you knew the right message or not you're like hang on a second we just had sex and now you're going to see the girl that you used to be in love with nah yeah. <laughs> no thanks and you cut my hair I've just got yeah, a you fucking cut my hair that's the worst thing <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if there was anything that I liked about Tristan actually yeah because no, even no. when he sees Victoria I wrote down that he says to her you want to grow up and get over yourself I was like mm, he's again, just rude isn't rude he? unnecessary I know that Victoria is a bit of an asshole too but I was like this is there's no need for this no no just let her be let her marry Humphrey you don't need to rub it in her face. Go, no, just go away. Yeah, yeah. I now I'm thinking about it. I don't think there was anything that I liked about him. No, because she even she saved the day at the end, didn't she? She shone her light very bright. Yeah, that's true. And when both him and I can't remember the name of the the eldest son, Mark Strong, when they go into the witch's castle to kill them, he just hides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess worked out well as a strategy, but I was like, this is this is a strange way to rescue your love. Yeah, I didn't like like him. And even when he goes to rescue Yvonne from Lamia, it's because the stars are telling him to, because they're like, Tristan, your sister's in danger. Tristan! <laughs> like, get up! <laughs> and even then he ends up kind of helping one of the brothers. And it's like, oh, I'll help you. I didn't realise while I was watching it yesterday that there's actually nothing about him that I like. No. Even upsets me a bit that when he's using that candle, which is very rare, that his mother gave him to use to find her, when he uses it, he accidentally ends up thinking about Victoria and the star and just... Yeah, he doesn't care about anyone other than himself. Yeah. Because he wasn't getting the star for Victoria. He's getting the star for himself. This girl clearly is not interested in you. I think it's very obvious that she's interested in someone else however you are so up your own ass that you think you're going to get this girl that you're going to go out and get a start to win her heart but she clearly is not into you yeah and I think even Yvain points that out to him that she's like love doesn't shouldn't be bought that's not what love is and he's no. like oh, what do you know about yeah, it yeah like Basically, he wants something and he thinks he can get it by any means possible. And even when he realises, oh, this is a real person, he's like, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to carry her. Yeah. Come along. Come along. Come along. Like, oh, fuck off. I know. She's <laughs> like, I'm injured. Yeah. <sighs> so I have nothing else to say about Tristan. Did not like him <laughs> in any way, shape or form. But speaking of Tristan, I'm also not very, I'm very confused about his dad. Like, so watching it again as a kid or teenager, I didn't fully appreciate how weird the opening scene is with his dad. So yeah. his dad manages to get into the storm front, stormhold, anyway, whatever the kingdom's called. And he finds a stool with a beautiful woman on it. And she gives him a flower and tells him the price for this flower is a kiss. And then she just leads him into her trailer and they have sex and she's a grown woman isn't she i've no idea how old she's meant to be well because she doesn't age at all yeah that's true she just looks exactly the same throughout the whole film so 18 years later because he's definitely aged 
he's a new actor so maybe that's the magic of the witch I don't know I don't know but that was very weird and then it describes that his dad gets home and decides to just forget all about the adventures that he had and then eight months later or nine months how long is it nine months nine nine. why am I struggling to remember (laughs) nine months later Tristan gets dropped on his doorstep and I'm like I love that he just went and had sex with this random woman and was like oh well forget about that don't need to worry about that presumably didn't use any protection but there aren't any consequences to sex for men I'm just gonna go home yeah forget about yeah, this adventure yeah. and then oh no there's a baby that you've now got to oh look shit after. Yeah, yeah yeah I know but also like I was like that was, I know this is a fantasy film and there's magic in it but I was like this would why what connection did they have there yeah but she probably was just a bit horny yeah I mean I get it from her if you're like trapped on this boat you're like oh there's a boy here like not a boy a man a man here like clearly like is it very impressionable i can have a bit of fun here yeah (laughs) so unless unless she wanted to produce her heir for the kingdom yeah i wondered that too yeah i wondered whether there was something there that she wanted to produce an heir because, as they mention in the film many times, the throne can only be passed through the male line. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, what about Una? She's right there. All of the brothers are dead. Yeah. Let Una be the fucking queen. Don't let Tristan, the idiot. Be the king, I know. Yeah, that really irritated me. I mean, fun that none of the brothers got to be king because they were I really horrible. liked that element of the story. Yeah, um, and how they all just take the piss out of each other, actually. Yeah, like yeah, I agree. I like that the ghosts are then just all there, like, oh, welcome, you're joining us now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or when um one of the brothers was in the bath talking to Yvain, and the ghosts are like, she's wearing the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, irritating that it can only be passed through the male line. It's weird talking about this because I did enjoy watching the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's an all right film. It's just a bit of a shit feminist film. Super shit. But then also, what's really interesting is that we both watched it when we were like uh, late teenagers, early like 20s. Neither of us picked up on this. No. Because we're so used to just, clearly but at that age, we're just so used to just accepting that that's how men behave to women. Because, yeah. well, I remember being at school and everyone saying, oh, if they're mean to you, then they fancy you. And like bullshit like that. <laughs> like, and yeah. I listen to that. I believe that. Yeah. You know, and you're just constantly told that men, yeah, men not it's okay for them to do whatever they want to do. I agree. When Tristan's a little mouse and Yvain's unburdening her love to him, she says that in her like years as a star, she's noticed that love can easily be mistaken for loathing. Mm. And I was like, mm, I don't think that should be yeah. the key. Yeah. No, I think that's really toxic. We do just see it all the time, that whole kind of treat treat the mean, keep Oh yeah. But then people think like fighting with each other is passionate and it's love and it's oh it's horrible. It is really horrible. And I was like, I feel really sad that Yvain ends up falling in love with Tristan. I'm like, he's he's not being nice to you at all. He kidnaps you, he treats you really badly, you were injured. But then it's like that syndrome, you know, when you feel Yeah, the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. So basically, this film is just massive Stockholm syndrome about a woman who's been abused, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we talk about Lamia, Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer's character? Yeah. 
I did really like Michelle Pfeiffer in this. Oh, I, I loved her in this. I thought she was brilliant. And I really like the fact that she's the baddie, like in inverted mm. commas, and it's a, it's a female that's the um, the evil one and not the guy. Yeah, I agree. And I like, yeah, because she's scary in it. Like, you do sense that she's really powerful. Um, and although the prince is also looking for the star, you know, that's the one that you're worried about most. Mm. I guess because she's got magical powers as well, and you're like, oh, my God. But she's I ruthless. Think- she is. I forgot about that bit at the end where she's killed Mark Strong's character and then animates his body so that he's... Yeah. I was like, that's actually quite scary. Yeah. she's. I thought she was really good. Yeah, I agree. I, I love seeing women being awful. I guess the only thing that's a shame with the whole film is that the witches want to kill the star and eat her heart so that they can be young again. But it's, it's an odd thing with them. So they're, they're like well over 200 years old because they said that the last star fell 200 years ago yeah yeah they're all just really decrepit now and I got the sense that their power was enhanced yeah yeah it looks like it but there was a lot in the film where Lamia was quite quite obsessed with her beauty like there's that bit where I don't know what she was trying to get rid of on her face but she uses her magic to get rid of something on her face and then her boobs sag yeah 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 but that did make me chuckle actually yeah I liked her like there we go again (laughs) yeah I didn't really know what to think about it because I was trying to think about tropes of like how in Disney it's always the ugly old Mm -hmm. women who are bad they're villains but then on the flip side they're then these beautiful manipulative deceiving women I, I, I don't know if the film's trying to I don't think it's specifically trying to tell us anything but it's almost saying like beautiful women can't be trusted either. Like there's well, but then a... you've got Claire Danes, who's beautiful. Yeah, there's a there's a purity with her though. Because yeah. I because I was thinking about how Lammy is really manipulative and deceiving. Mm. And yeah, like actually like hot girls are deceiving. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Like I guess like Victoria, but extra because they're magic. Yeah. Um, or she's magic. Um whereas because they have actually made her sisters not as pretty as her. Oh, I see, yeah. Um, and you don't see them pretty throughout the whole film either. Okay. And she's even happy when they're dead. She's like, there's more star for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually I quite enjoyed. But she was like, I don't care that they're dead. <laughs> yeah, I re- yeah, I do. I like the fact that there's that she's not the maternal character. You mm. know, she actually doesn't give a shit. She just wants to look good and she doesn't care at what price. Yeah, I actually wrote down because there's that bit where she pretends she's really sad that her sisters are dead. And she says, youth, beauty, it all seems meaningless now. My sisters are dead. Everything I cared about is gone. And then I wrote, never mind, that was a trick. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, this seems like some kind of moral in the story. And I was like, oh, no. No, I think with her character, because it's acted so well, Mm. like that's what I really enjoyed about it. Like, yeah. It is a shame because the film is basically like women want beauty, men want power. Yeah. Yeah, and essentially. That's what they're chasing after. Yeah. And it's really sad that like these women are having to kill another woman in order to get that. Mm. So, I mean, it's nice, I guess, that we get that kind of sisterhood, I guess, between Una and Yvain. Like Una's, I think Una is and Yvain are the only two characters in the film who are female and aren't no mean yeah which is fine but then they're the ones that are trapped they're the ones that are like 
bit like soft and trapped and you yeah, know pure really, yeah didn't really care for Una's character because she was so meek but she I wrote down like she doesn't seem to have strong emotions ever like, I don't know what I expected from her but even when she was freed and she sees she's freed she just looks at it and it's like oh I, yeah and then it, yeah. I mean it's nice that her first thing was then to like protect Yvain and that was like very but that's the scary. only thing that yeah that, and that's the only thing that actually made her like leave her her witch so I, I'm just and then she says to Tristan at the end, be the man that I know you are. Oh, bleh. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, boh. It's annoying that what? her character's just there to, like, bolster Tristan. Yeah. Basically, because it's pointless. Her, her, other than her being the mum, like, they had to have a story of him get becoming part of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And connecting the two together. But, yeah, like, her, she didn't have any other role other than saving Una, I suppose. Oh, sorry, saving your vein. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she was just there to serve a purpose, wasn't she? She was a tool. But yeah, all the other women were like quite manipulative. Yeah, they were. But I guess the only bit where your vein's not nice is when, because obviously, like she's really sassy with Tristan at the start, because he's like, "Did you see a star? It's fallen somewhere." And she was like, "Ha ha, you're so funny, you idiot! <laughs> I'm the fucking star." Um, but she also says to Sal that she looks like the back end of a dog. Do you think the language in this film is very like London, like like layer cakey, like it's not sweary like a gangster film, but there's like it's quite yeah. harsh for what it's meant to be, like a fantasy fairy tale, like yeah. you know, you like a stupid cow, or you know, <laughs> smell like piss. I know because a cow, I think. I mean, I feel like you could be like, oh, you silly bitch. And that's kind it's of very British, but it's a very British way of it saying really it, isn't it? British, yeah. Whereas, yeah, I guess people sometimes use cow as a joke. So ignore that. That that doesn't mean anything. But it feels really harsh coming from his mouth. And I think because he calls us stupid as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if like, yeah, if someone said to you a stupid cow, you'd be like quite offended. Yeah, I'd be like. Actually, I'd be more offended by being called a stupid cow than I would be a silly bitch. I don't know why. Because I'd be like, well, I am a bit silly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't be a bitch. But yeah, I I don't like being called stupid. I find that particularly... Yeah, like I kind of wear the bitch badge with pride a little bit, but with stupid cow, I'd be like, oh my God, that's so Yeah, so demeaning and patronising and being talked down to. Yeah. No. Going back to Lamia briefly, you know she kidnaps that goat herd boy. Oh, yeah. And then she turns him into a woman so that he can be, she, he can pretend to be the daughter at this inn. It's then fucking creepy that Lamia gets him to undress Yvain. Yeah, I know. But then I suppose she just, it's like she's almost forgotten about the fact that he was a guy. Yeah, I, I guess for her, so Like, that. yeah, I think for her, he, he's a prop and he's, he's now a woman. Yeah. Like his gender before didn't matter, so I I don't think there was anything in it. It was just that you're the woman; it's a woman's job to undress. Yeah, undressing. Yeah, yeah. It just felt weird watching it. I was like, although when she gets out of the bath, I think he stood with like his like, head yeah. to the side <laughs> to not look. But I it's a bit really... weird, isn't it? That when she comes yeah. out of the bath and like if an innkeeper was offering you a massage, you'd be like, no, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, I know. I Even like, shower, bathing you, like bathing you. I know. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess obviously Hugh Vane, she knows no better. She doesn't even know what massage is, but I was like, this is fucking weird. Why is this innkeeper's wife in the room while she's bathing? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's odd. Yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. I did like, um, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he plays Arthur Weasley in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Him being a goat who's been turned into a human might be my favourite part of the whole film. He is funny. I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> It was just so silly, like when he opened the latch kind of with his lip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's, he's never had hands before. And he jumps onto the bar when he's told to go do something. I just yeah. thought, I was like, he's, he's done a great job of acting a goat as a man. <laughs> Should we talk about Captain Shakespeare? Oh, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. I think he says he called it, he called himself Shakespeare because he, he loves England and knows that Shakespeare is a poet and a playwright, but for all of his pirates, they just think he's shaking a spear because he's so bloodthirsty. Right, okay. Yeah. This character is captain of these ruthless pirates and he's known for having a really bloodthirsty reputation. I think the prince says that at one point, like, no, be careful, Captain yeah. Jason. At the end, yeah. He's known for his bloodthirsty reputation. And it turns out that actually... He's an absolute sweetheart. He's really lovely and kind and caring, but he's just taken over this ship because it was his dad's or something. Yeah. And it's just playing the part so that his pirates will respect him. Well, that's the bit that, like, basically you have to be mean to be taken seriously. It felt like, unintentionally, a weird commentary on, like, masculinity in society. Yeah. Because yeah. he was basically saying, I can only be taken seriously if I'm a man. Yeah. And like, I did notice as well, like, basically, the threat of raping her mm. is better for his reputation than it is to be nice to her. Because, you know, when he is dragging her into that room, yeah. and they, that he's like, don't come in, you know, basically, he's insinuating that he's going to have his way with her yeah. uh, for a couple of hours. And he's being cheered on. And he says to her, like, something along the lines of pretty women are shared round on this ship. Yeah. That was horrible. And I think at the end, he's like, mind you don't wear that wedge out, Captain Tristan. <laughs> that's so gross. But yeah, he's seeing that as that's how men behave. That's how you get respected as a man. You yeah. have to treat women like this in order yeah. to respect it. So I, I like that he he's then just a really lovely man. And just um, so I they don't say it explicitly, but I think. The idea is that he's gay, right? That's what I assumed. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know whether that was a correct assumption just because he was camp and liked to dress up. Well, this is the thing, because if I have such mixed feelings about his character because I, I really like that at the end when his crew find out that he's, you know, they, they see him dressed in like a in women's clothes, basically, and they say to him, like, you're still our captain? But they call him a whoopsie, don't they? Is that what? Because I was like, "What's a whoopsie?" I'm guessing that means gay. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Because one of them said, "Oh, we like you, even though you're a whoopsie." Yeah, like, "Oh, we've always known you're a whoopsie." I hope that's not a really offensive word to be using. So. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I. And also, if you think about it, like a whoopsie is when you've done something wrong. Yeah, like whoops, whoopsie. Yeah, like oh, yeah, you're a bit of a whoopsie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, almost saying like you're a bit wronging. Yeah. Because I was like, did he, what did he just say? Whoopsie. Because I think I was expecting it to be more of a, a slur or a slur that I've known. So yeah, my my assumption is that he's gay from what from that bit. But I do like that they're like, yeah, we've always known. We don't care. Just for our captain. I was like, that's really nice and lovely. Yeah. 
that they're accept- accepting him for the way that he is. And and I love that you get to see him being really effeminate and mm, mm. trying on women's clothing and that he wants to do Tristan's hair and he wants to help them and teach them. And yeah. he protects Yvain's identity as the star when he's basically told you can get shitloads of money if you find the star. And Like, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's sweet. My main issue, I think, is that I think he's it's meant to be funny. I think him like they're taking the piss out of him. Yeah. Yeah, like I think him dressing up in the women's clothing and playing I can't remember what the the song is that they're playing and then the prince calls him Twinkle Toes. I think it's meant to be funny seeing Robert De Niro who seems quite masculine often plays yeah. very mass characters dressed as a woman. So I remember as a kid finding that funny because yeah. I didn't understand gender in the way that I do now. So that's the only bit that makes me sad. That I'm like, oh, I don't think they did this with good intentions there. No, no, no. He's the butt of the joke, wasn't he? He's the, yeah. he's the, oh, look at that hard, like the hard pirate captain. Actually, he's, yeah. He's <laughs> and he dresses, and he like wears dresses, so he can't be bloodthirsty and wear dresses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he can't at the be. same time. You can't like classical music and be bloodthirsty, like yeah, American Psycho. So yeah, I have real mixed feelings. On the one hand, I really like it because I I do think his character is really love. He's probably my favorite character in the whole film, to be honest. But I'm just also conscious that I'm like, oh, but he's meant to be laughed at. And also going back to there being no people of color in this freaking film. 2007, this came out. No, I know. Like we've we've done films like Dirty Dancing. When I, we haven't done Pretty Women yet, but when I watched that recently, I was like, bloody hell, this is super white too. And they were eighties films, yeah. and this is from two thousand and seven. And you had things like Clueless that actually were more like diverse in their cast. Yeah, I don't know whether it also has something to do with how fantasy is quite a white genre. Yeah, very white male dominated. So I'm trying to think of Lord, Lord of the Rings as super white. Yeah, I wonder whether it's aimed towards white men. Yeah. I don't, I'm just, this is, but then whereas this film isn't aimed at white men, it's aimed at girls. Yeah, it does feel like quite an effeminate film. I, I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know. I think because it's about love and true love. Yeah, yeah. It's sparkly stars. <laughs> and also, like, people like Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, mm. as an elderly woman looking for beauty like and even Robert De Niro's like so maybe it could even it might be appealing to boys who are maybe thinking about their sexuality but then the standard of beauty around that time was probably being fairer blonde slender slim yeah yeah because body diversity wise there's the only person that I can think of is the other witch Sal Um, yeah that's it really everyone else is just super skinny yeah I'm really I mean (laughs) Really pretty, except for when they've got all that makeup on to make them yeah. look like old hag- hags, essentially. But other than that, very pretty. I really want to read the books because um, I know when I was reading some of the trivia that Lamia's character is much bigger in the film because of Michelle Pfeiffer playing oh, okay. her. Yeah. So they, go- they gave her like a main character role. So I'm curious as to what is different in the book. Because uh, people love Neil Gaiman, don't they? I've never read any of his books. I've never read any of his books either. I know he's like quite highly revered and respected. So I'm very curious about 
what the book's like. Oh, speaking of writing, mm-hmm. this is not a good segue, but I had a look at the Now TV description for this film. Not intentionally, it was just on the screen when it, the film ended. And Now TV describe it as a swashbuckling fantasy adventure of lost kingdoms, feisty damsels in distress, and skybound pirates. I was like, wow. okay. Damsel in distress. I mean, yeah. that seems like it's a fair... Yeah, it does. I was just like, yeah, Danes, but why is that like? I don't know. And I think that it's like, oh no, they're not just damsels in distress; they're feisty ones. But don't worry, rest. They're in distress still. Don't worry, guys. The women still need to be rescued. It's just they're a bit spunky now. I hate the word spunky. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like also it's a bit of a shame with Yvain's character. She is really quite fun at the beginning that she doesn't put up with Tristan's shit and is yeah and then she becomes a bit of a wet blanket when she falls in love with him yeah lovesick puppy and on the one hand I think it's great that she's the one that actually kills Lamia in the end but then on the other hand she doesn't kill her with like sword fighting or magic she just hugs Tristan and it's her love for Tristan that causes her to shine so bright she kills the witch so I'm just like I don't know how I feel about that I suppose she's a star and she's just serving her purpose. Yeah, I guess my problem with it is that she needed a man to unlock that power or she needs a man to unlock that power. Because as I was watching it yesterday, I was like, she's a star. Why doesn't she have any powers? Yeah, yeah. Like, is it more that he broke her heart and that then he happened to just fix it again? But is it more that her powers were broken because her heart was broken? Because if you take him out of the equation when she fell... Mm. she would have still had her powers yeah because I know the witches are talking about how you need to make her happy yeah so when she was like being massaged and bathed, <laughs> she was having her weird evening with the innkeeper's wife yeah she was very worry. happy yeah 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 I was just like that seems a bit enough <laughs> don't know but everyone wants a love story don't they they want the happy ever after yeah oh I, having said that though I did really like that they stay together and that Tristan didn't age because she'd given him yeah. her heart and that it was like a willingly instead of like him having to steal her heart and eat it she was like no this my heart is yours I love you and that they then like went up to heaven or not what yeah. the sky they went heaven I'm so fucking now I've been raised Christian they went up to the sky of stars together like that? that is all really sweet yeah and also that they were like okay we've had a kids we've now got these grandkids I don't know how old the grandkids got to but then they got to a point where like it's time now for us to pass yeah it's like the, the kingdom on to the next generation and they weren't greedy with it yeah yeah I was like oh that got me yeah that was really lovely yeah that got me in the feels quite a bit I was like this is so sweet but I also I don't know about you, but I didn't feel like there was any chemistry between them. She fell in love with him really randomly. Yeah, like there didn't there wasn't a point when he was nice to her and that she thought like and you think oh okay like they're warming to each other, but because it felt unless I've missed a whole chunk of the film, <laughs> or was it more that she fell in love with him when they were on the pirate ship together? I think that's it. I think because they had a bit of a moment where they kind of held hands when they were like tied up. But then he says something mean to her because she was like, you shouldn't have to buy love or whatever. So I think it's during that kind of whole montage scene where they're spending however long on the ship together that they just kind of yeah 
get closer, but I don't think it's done very well. And again, I don't know whether in the book it's better, particularly because from his point of view, you don't see him being... No, you see her soften, but you never see him soften at all. Yeah, and like I know the captain like whispers to him, and you don't find this out till later, your true love is right in front of you. And which I don't mind someone having to say to him, you're being an idiot, this woman loves you, you clearly love her, yeah. and having to point that out. And But I was like, but I don't even see that he loves her. I don't know. And then when he pushes her into that little hedgerow bit, and he's on top of her, and she's all glowy, and I was like, that's the perfect moment to kiss her. And he doesn't. I can't remember what he says to her, but he says something. That, oh, he must. I think he was like, oh, it must be so lonely being a star yeah. all by yourself, alone, forever. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's depressing. And her glow just goes. I was like, wow, well, in that moment, that could have been a really nice thing. Is, is that just him being an awkward, awkward? Because he doesn't know how to handle his feelings for her. Maybe. He is super awkward, isn't he? Bless him. That's not like, I say stupid shit like that when I'm like, you know, when you should be nice to you someone. Must be so lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're like, your own. I don't want them to know I like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the final thing I had to say is that I just didn't find their love story. There was no chemistry. No. There was more chemistry between her and Tristan when he was a mouse. And he had those cute little eyes. And he was yeah, looking at the yeah. And then I was just watching her. Then between the real people. Just, I just thought it really odd because then when he, like, wasn't a mouse and they're in that hotel and they realised that, she realized that he couldn't he heard everything mm. then he just went to kiss her like of course of course like no it's not of course because you're chasing after victoria she doesn't know that your feelings yeah. have changed you're still moving towards the wall you're yeah and you're still saying and actually it took robert de niro's character to tell you like mm. there was no there's no like it just seemed really random oh he she's told she's told me he she loves me oh therefore i must love her back like yeah, I think that's the last thing I had to say. I think it was just for me was the fact that everyone was blonde and white. Yeah. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Did the star have to be a blonde white girl? No. Could it be a person of colour? Well, I think given that she was shining, she shines when yeah. she's happy and that she obviously yeah. has, so that's emanating from within her. That she yeah. has to do with her skin colour or I don't know whether they were like aesthetically, she looks more like a star because she is white. Yeah, and she had blonde hair and, yeah. And she's wearing a silver dress. I guess that's, yeah, should we rate it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the intersectional side, I, I know we had a gay character, but I don't, I don't know whether, like, I, no. Mark down points that he's also played by a straight actor. I Personally, I don't think it does intersectional very well at all. And no. I don't know if it should score any points. Okay, great. I'm also fine with it being a zero. Yeah. Minus 10. <laughs> because they were basically taking their piss out of Bean Camp. It wasn't yeah. like done in a serious way. No, it wasn't. And then there's also, I don't even think the pirate says anything, the black pirate. I think he oh, talks no, he with everyone else as yeah. part of a chorus. But it's not even like he's the second mate. He's just there. No. Okay, so zero. And then the female side. Two. But it passes the Bechtel test, doesn't it? Yeah, there are lots of female characters in it, which is really nice. I just don't feel that strongly about any of them, apart from Michelle Pfeiffer. Maybe a three? Yeah, a three is fair, I think. Because And Claire Jane's character, despite her being 
like the, a wet blanket at times. She did start off really strong. Yeah, and she does very rightly point out that it's really not romantic to yeah. kidnap an injured woman and take her to your love as a gift, mm. which is true. I would be horrified. Yeah. If, <laughs> if yeah, if someone, yeah. <laughs> so three out of ten. Wow. I feel like that's kind of what I expected, actually. Even before watching it, I I don't know whether... I definitely didn't realise there weren't any characters of colour in it at all. Mm. Like, when I was going through IMDb, I was like, white, 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 white? Why, why so white? What's going on? But I think I had a feeling that because of all the love stuff, mm. like, I don't know. I don't know. It is essentially a love story, isn't it? It's just a bit of a rom-com. It's not a rom-com, but... Yeah, like a magical rom-com, basically. Yeah. yeah, I agree. All in all, I prefer Lord of the Rings and other fantasy things. <laughs> but I haven't read the book. If anyone has the book and wants to lend it to me, that would be great. Maybe I need to go to my local library and find it. I'm really curious now. Yeah, cool. So Stardust gets three out of ten. Um, thank you very much to Amon for joining me today and being my co-host. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. If you want to let us know what you think of Stardust, if it was one of those films you watched when you were younger and loved and now you're like, meh, then let us know. You can find us at Real Feminism on Instagram and Facebook. That's real spelled R-E-E-L. I want to say thank you very much to Lee for doing all the editing and producing and artwork for the podcast. And a thank you to Sandra for doing the music and also for doing the website, which I think I still need to promote and put somewhere because I haven't done that yet because I'm not very good at this (laughs) and we will be back in your ears in two weeks time for the start of Christmas season which is a really weird thought we'll be talking about trading places but until then bye bye